What's up, guys? Welcome to the Geek Domination Podcast. I'm your host, Zane Coppage. Today is August 16th, 2015. With me today is Anthony Tyson. Hey, guys. And we have a new challenger incoming, Marcus Lucas. Hey, what's up? All right, guys. So uh, here we are, podcasting finally, now that I fucking got this shit working. So uh, Fucking record budding, guys. I know. Jesus. I know. Changing shit up on the fly <laughs> is not, not easy. All right. So uh, I guess without further ado, let's get started. Uh, Anthony, you've been seeing some movies, as yes. I as I know. Yeah, I've been I've been catching up on movies, kind of what I alluded to the last time I was here. It's been and, a lot. Uh, it's been I've a seen, lot of films. Yeah, I've seen some good, some bad, some meh. It's it was a little bit of all of that. I saw starting off the god awful. Don't ever see it. Please don't <laughs> kill yourself. Movie fan four stick. Fan four stick. That that movie is atrociously bad. Um. I really mean what I said in my quick review of it where I'm like, Batman and Robin looks good with that film. Like, the bad 90s film looks I, good. Like, I can at least appreciate the camp in it, for God's sakes. I know <laughs> I know Schumacher was just selling us toys, but at least there was a point to that film, you know? He's at least there toys. was an objective. Sell yeah. toys. Van Forstick? I mean, that, that movie, if there was any objective to it, it was just to keep a goddamn license. It was like we saw all the fallout yeah. of it. We'll we'll talk Man, about it during the news section, the but it really was just intended for the sole sake of keeping the rights in Fox's court. Yeah. And I I like I want I want every movie to be great, and and I think there is potential. I mean, it's hard to see now now that we've got three bad movies, <sighs> but there is shades of potential in what you could do with a fan four like Fantastic, Fantastic four. four. Well, it's and like just, I it's said, so hard oh, to man. see. It's so hard to see now, though. I I totally get it. Well, and like I've said before, like the first one in it in and of itself, like yeah, it's campy, but it has it nails what the Fantastic Four is, which was like the first superhero family, you know, like you know, they all looked correct. They actually wore real costumes. They were a real family for the most part. They didn't wear trash, trash, garbage, physical garbage. <laughs> like what the <laughs> fuck was Reed Richards even wearing? I don't then, know. Oh my god! And then the it looked like he was wearing uh, like. Dryer vent. No, he literally tubes. just made it off of scratch, and I can appreciate that he was trying to make his own little bio suit, but he never finished ah, the damn thing. That's and dumb. they didn't have helmets on when they went into the the Planet Why? Zero. Like why? Oh man, so many bad things about that. Movie. God. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. No need to really. It's just. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. They're fantastic. So great. For reasons. Um. But then. Mr. Fantastic. The, uh, right. <laughs> Yeah, they should have just gone. Have you guys heard that the the Norm Macdonald album where like he has a whole skit about the Fantastic Four and like how they came up with their names? No. It's amazing. Like they name like the thing the thing cuz the way he looks. Like you're a weird monster of a thing. We'll call you the thing. Johnny, you are a torch. You are also human. I think we'll call you the human torch. Invisible woman pretty much nailed it there. And then he gets <laughs> himself he's like, "Well, I'm I'm fantastic, so let's call me Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> and then, and my my greatest part of this all too is is we're coming up to the fact that the movie at the end ends with the decision of their full group name based on yeah. one word randomly that uh, Ben Grimm says, says. Ben yeah. Grimm says that's fantastic. Oh, that's fantastic! Wait, guys, I got an idea. And there's four of us. We're gonna be called credits. <laughs> I hate Credit roll, son that. of a bitch. I mean. 
I haven't seen it, but the more I hear about it, the more no, I don't. would rather shoot myself in yes, the brain. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah, that's why yeah, I that's wanted where no at. one to go see this movie. I'm like, please, I want to spare suicide rates in this country. I do I not told want myself, people to commit suicide I told this. myself the only way I'm, I'm willing to think about seeing it, and that's like... Okay, now we're already talking about a pretty limited scenario here. Um, would I've got be, a gun and we're playing Russian roulette. There's a little bit of that, yeah, yeah. Uh, the only way I'll, I'll consider it is a matinee Elvis showing for $1.75 or whatever it's, it's valued at. So it's like, mm, See, that'd be it. And I'd have to be pretty drunk. Like <laughs> I'd have to be pretty drunk before we go. Then you're going to want more beers after. Exactly, during, during and after. No, it's just, there's no reason to see that movie. Um, oh, yeah. like, like I said, bet, like at least with with uh, Batman and Robin you can have a few beers make fun of it and like enjoy your time and eventually enjoy it by the end of you it you can't yeah. do that with this movie because it's just rage there's so much rage it's just bad yeah. from what, like everything I've heard I pretty much revealed I don't it I agree with the younger cast at all I mean like there's aspects of it that I'm like at the time especially when they did the casting I was like man some of these people are eh, two like two of them are great actors that's the thing is I love Michael B. Jordan and I, I really Michael like Jordan. uh I forget her name, but the female uh, casting. Uh, um, uh, uh, oh, it's the other. Uh, I know. I'm blanking uh, Ro- right now. Not Rooney. Uh, it's a chick Katie from Mara. The Kate Mara. Kate Mara. Yeah, yeah from uh, House of Cards. Yes, and it's the sister to Rooney Mara, which she's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, they're both really good. But uh, with her, it's like okay, yeah, I've seen you on House of Cards. You were an amazing she's actress. Good. Great and choice. She's coming up in The Martian later this year, which that yeah, that's really true. Good. Yeah, with uh, Matt Damon. Yeah. Yeah, that looks really good too. Um, but yeah, you know, that was that was the bad movie of the week. Then uh, I watched probably I, my favorite movie. Before of the we go week. on, oh, go I want to mention how great it was that we all we all are on a text chat, of course, for for podcast and everything else that we do, and we all got a text from you at like eleven fifty that night. Like, I did it. I saw yeah, I fan four stick. It was so funny too because we were in a theater for the major big releases, right, in AMC Highlands Ranch, and it's in the huge giant theater where it's supposed to have you know like two hundred people fitting. Oh, the movie room for disappointment. No, <laughs> empty. Yeah. Eight people counting ourselves were in that theater. I counted it. Awesome. I counted it, and it was Sunday opening weekend. Like, and the movie has only awesome. eight people. At least no one saw it. So I also like, like, this. you see the marketing director for Fox, like his comments about it. He's like, so the reason why the movie's doing so bad is because people keep talking about how bad it is. And it's like, oh, really? Dang. People talk about stuff on social media? God. I never would have guessed. Oh, my God. These people. Idiots. They're so out of touch sometimes, man. <sighs> yeah. With everything. Um, but at least I bounced back, though. Like, uh, like I said, I, I saw a great film right after it, and I'm so happy I did. Uh, Mission Impossible Five was just the thing I needed to to help me bounce Rebound back. Rebound. Like, yes, movies are good again. Um, that movie is a lot of fun. It's it is the perfect thing to see for the summer. I think it's nice. It's amazing action, great dialogue. It's really um, good. And yeah, spy movie too. They had a really good spy elements in that. And then uh, for me, a little meh, a little underwhelming uh, was the Man from Uncle. Not obviously as shit as Fantastic Four in any way may means. Oh, but anything can top that. No, I, I don't. You would think need so. to release like an hour long just black screen 
with barely any audio in there. Maybe some mumbling and, and groaning. Well, with the art, uh, the style of the movie, that's kind of what you got that's to fantastic That's what I kind of figured. Anyway, yeah. That's kind of what I figured. That's why <laughs> I was like, the only way to step down is to remove the images completely. Yeah. But Man From U.N.C.L.E., you know, it's it's a Guy Ritchie movie. It does certain things well. It does a lot of things for me wrong. I'll, I, I mean, will Guy admit, Ritchie's full I, of his own tropes. Well, I, I love Guy Ritchie. I love what he does with his movies. You know, I love Snatch. I love Rock and Rolla. I love the Sherlock Holmes movies. Those two movies were a lot of fun and their characters that he makes are all very witty and and great and this movie he had characters that weren't as as witty and weren't as compelling to me um a little more blank but uh there were people that did enjoy the movie and and yeah yeah (laughs) And that's that's good. I'm I'm really happy that like that. It that was, well, and what's nice is that kind Sky of brings. Ritchie. I want more people to see it. Obviously, yeah, and it brings more brevity, knowing like, yeah, okay. So probably for a more mainstream market in terms of film goers, it's probably good. If yeah. you're if you're if you're big Guy Ritchie fan, you're gonna be disappointed. But yeah, if you're a general I, audience kind of person, you're probably gonna like I'll, it. I will admit, I I might be a little hard, overly hard on the movie because I'm I'm so critical of what Guy Ritchie does because I love the his fucking movies right. to death. And like <laughs> when somebody tells me that they didn't get into rock and roll, I'm just like, what? When like I've explained <laughs> to you, out. like kill yourself, <laughs> kill yourself, kill yourself. <laughs> Well, like I've explained to you, like I was when I tried watching Rock and Roll, like the scenario is all bad, but it was just like you know heavy distractions all around me, and I'm trying to focus, and, and there's a lot of cuts, focus, and yeah. oh my god, like it's just hard to follow. Like yeah. I, I didn't discount it all. I was just like I was in a bad scenario well, to watch that film. You know, and maybe for me too, I found one of the things detracting is is a lot of the way he shot the film. And I was talking with you about mm-hmm. this before the cast, and one of the scenes that go on is where the uh, opposing or the the forces, the collected forces of Russia, United, like Britain and America, get all together and they what go a, into the evil lair, so to speak, on the island. Is this all during then, Cold War? Like actual Cold yeah, War? Yeah, during the okay, Cold War. Okay. It's a '60s setting. The soundtrack, cool. though, actually, that is one thing that is unequivocally. I mean, brilliant he always about the movie. chooses the soundtrack. Is soundtrack. Damn good. Yeah. So I, I love the soundtrack, but that that whole scene, you know, it was it was like there wasn't a lot of action to begin with in the movie, and then that scene, you know, you're watching the whole battle unfold into weird slideshow montage cuts. It's like. It's like he's taking a comic book and trying to put it on the film screen. Yeah, know? which we've seen which some movies do well, and yeah. some movies do awful. Yeah, and, and so well, and in a movie where you haven't seen a lot of action to begin with, you want to experience the action. Right, you weren't really experiencing it. I mean, yeah, yeah it, but it, it, it did shorten that because, like, like we had discussed, they spent a lot of time on stuff that they shouldn't have spent a lot of time on. And that's so why I would have wanted came, it to be. Yeah, on so that. whenever it came to that moment, they're kind of like. We gotta shorten this down. So yep. I just would have shortened down some of the other moments in the film versus that. But like I said, they set it up for a second one. I feel like I feel like that's what they were doing. You know? I just I think for me for the film, and yes, again, I definitely am a little bit harder on it because I love Guy Ritchie films. I think for me, I'd rather him go back to a second rock and roll or one of his original uh, working titles that he comes up with because. I think I, mean, I, I think guess I found was. it was a little hampered by what the story was because they yep. were readapting a TV show for this movie. Uh, the Man from Uncle was a TV show back in the seventies, I think. Okay. Oh, so yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. So I think for me, like the story, just maybe he was a little forced to go in certain directions by what the story was to be. Do you know which with. studio this was? Sad. Ooh. Um, Paramount. No, no, I don't. I don't. Well, maybe it was Paramount. Here, I'll, Do you remember I'll, stars I'll at up. the? At the beginning of the screen, or no, it was 
I think it might have been Fox, actually. It might have been. Yeah. I think I might. I think I remembered a drum roll at the beginning of the movie. Da 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 da. da, da. da. Yep, yeah. usual bullshit that they do. Uh, yeah. Man from Uncle is Fox. Let's see. It's well, of course, it has to actually go to the uh, site. <laughs> there we go. Loading. I know. I know. Oh my god. Don't need to repeat it earlier. Uh, So it was originally ran by the show was originally ran by NBC back in the the 64 to 68 time frame. Okay, that makes perfect sense Um, for the the setting. Film. Yeah, but how do they do a show? Was. I think think that's the reason. Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers, okay. Which right. makes sense, yeah, because NBC's shared uh, ownership by Time Warner. Yeah, that's right. That's okay. very true. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, it was... I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. And I was a little hard on it because I'm a Guy Ritchie fan. What about... And I wanted to love so, it. So here's, really a, here's a very small point. Um, do you think you would go back and watch any of the old series to f- see if it referenced that well? Now that you've seen the film, or are you kind of just disinterested altogether now? Yeah, kind of disinterested. I kind of figured altogether. that was the case. I but. mean, in with with what we're doing now and like reviews and these podcasts oh, and yeah. everything, I have to I have to very plan out my extra yeah. It's time very meticulous. Very yeah. Meticulous. I have to be very meticulous. So this was definitely this would definitely not be something I would take the time to go look at. And I'm kind of curious as to what you would think. Would you want to see the TV series now that you've seen the movie? Um, I don't know. That that that. That's a little weird for me because you're like, yeah. I already now have a predetermined notion of what the series should be, right? If right. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I, I should know what's kind of going on, mm-hmm. and not only that, I, I really can't stand watching black and white TV. Well, like, it's it's that old like Technicolor. Yeah, it'll be like I was looking at the uh, the image for it. It's yeah, old Technicolor. <laughs> that's fair. Oh so, yeah, that's right. You are blending, blending the mm-hmm. colors like that would, oh, yeah. would really screw with my brain. Yep, <laughs> give me a really solid headache. So right, we're gonna go with that's my reason for not watching. It. That's fair. <laughs> totally um, fair. Yeah, because I know for me, like Get Smart was a decent representation of the '60s and '70s era television series. I don't know that there's. I like that TV Steve series. That's funny. That I don't like. That's true too. Like, but I just so freaking funny. When you look at those old one. ones. Yeah. I think there was one that I, I, just, been a I couldn't couple. get into because I think it was a little too over the top, Steve Carell. Yeah. It's kind of like when you watch a Will Ferrell movie and all he's doing is screaming all the time. You're like, you're laughing, but it's like, is there really anything going on here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but yeah, like other than that, though, I uh, the last thing I did today, and I'm, I'm sure you guys will be very happy that I finally got around to doing this. I finished Daredevil. I finished Fucking it. That's why finally, I was running a little man. bit late this morning. That's um, great. I finished the last episode uh, literally this morning when I was waking up. It was my okay. And what did you think <laughs> now that you finished it all? So I remembered the first two episodes, and this was like totally in the the full of the hype that it was getting. And yeah. I was watching them, and maybe I was I was like in that hype machine. So I'm like, why does everyone really like this? And like, I'm not really getting yeah, into I'm- it too much. And then that scene happens with the fight. In that the that, alley, that the well, the scene where they shoot it in one take and it, it happens that one. through the corridor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That scene is awesome with the one weak punch. 
I just I remember watching that and there was one punch he throws where he kind of just falls and, and I'm just like, like oh that looks way fake out of all the punches you threw in this scene that one stood but out I to also me. loved it because he's so exhausted yeah and absolutely tired and it's like it's pretty I obvious love the he ran that take of, a few times. Daredevil and then later on uh, the characters get a little bit more developed and you can understand the relationships that they have and then the falling out and then the repairing of it moving yep. forward with their characters I love it when characters do that and a story does that with the characters. What'd you think of the kingpin so really backstory? Uh, I liked it. Yeah. Okay. I really, liked, I really it. liked it too. I liked the way they set all that up and I'm the way it followed through. Like, it's okay. It it's, took me a while it, from episode three I, to where I am now. I smashed out all the episodes in the first. Let's see. I smashed them all up by the Saturday after it came out because it came out on a Friday. <laughs> yeah, you you. Ate and then I up. watched them all again throughout the next two weeks. Oh damn! Because Katie. I was watching with her essentially. Oh, yeah. Like my 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 viewing was rapid, you know, just knocked it all out, took it all in real quick, so I could get a review out, and then I watched it again, really sucked it all in, real nice and slow, and I still really love that show. Like obviously, it's a different kind of story than most I think superhero shows. Most superhero shows really build up a strong like cast of performers, whereas this was very much like. All right, we've got like seven people we need to follow, and that's it. We don't need to follow many more people than that. And technically, we only need focus. to follow two. Had focus. It was extreme. Yeah. It was laser pointed versus mm-hmm. like most shows where it's like we got to bounce between a few different storylines. I, I think the problem that I had with it at first is you know, the guy doesn't, at least to me in the first couple of episodes, he doesn't play the blind part too well. That was actually something he won an award for, uh, from. A blind, I forget what it was. Um, he won some form of award. I think it might have actually been the Helen Keller Award um, because of his most accurate rep- uh, presentation throughout the series. But you see, I've, I've, I've gone to school and worked with blind people. Like, there's some parts of the show where he, like, somebody talks to him, he stares directly at him. Well, and actually, I, I do have one point to bring up along with that, though. So something that they alluded to, and I swear to God that they said this in like mm-hmm. the episode eight or something like that. Yep. So the chemicals that got into his eyes definitely affected his vision, but he actually can slightly see if I understand it correctly. He's so looking when foggy in him. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh shit! I'm trying. World to on fire, stories. right? Are you <laughs> yeah. referencing World on Fire? A world on fire, but also he does have slight vision. No, foggy it's foggy holds uh... up like a finger next to him, and he's like, "How many fingers am I holding up?" And he's just like, "One." I know. I can kind of see. Well, that's the thing is what he's really saying is that world on fire stuff because what it is is he has echolocation. Yeah, no, like I get to the that. extreme, I get and that. so what that means is he his the way that he sees the world is through a sonic imprint across everything. So yeah. he sees the shapes because you know sound bounces off and travels back, and so it formulates the world around him. So he's able to see dimensionally what's going on in the world around him at all times. Just not with his eyes. His brain interprets the sound as a picture, though. Well, yeah, right, but see, that's what I I'm can... saying. In this one scene, he like literally just holds up a finger, yeah. and then he says, "How many fingers am I holding up?" Yeah, that's the, that's the, the what he's. The guy asking would pass straight over his finger. And so he sees that he there's only one because it. it's the sound waves. That's okay, the, I thought I thought it was alluding that he oh, might have slight. He doesn't have vision. that kind of sight. He has super tactile touch. So yeah, he can he can again, tell temperature, yeah. smell, smell, hearing, yeah. taste. He can he can that. do everything that's not his sight. So everything else is amplified to like the okay. nth degree. Yeah. So maybe my point isn't valid. Yeah, anymore. It's, it's well, it's still <laughs> there. I thought, I thought he might like actually like slightly well, yeah, see people. Is it really so. a representation of that in the the terrible Daredevil movie with Ben Affleck? You know, they the showed, rain. The yeah, rain scene is what yeah, nailed that really exactly. well too. So like because the rain was here, he could hear the vibration. He could see her face. Yeah. Like so. If, if you put it in those perspectives, yeah. I mean, the guy can probably see better than we can. He can't yeah, no, see In all reality, he just can't see he can visuals. He can see through a damn wall. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. But 
that's a that's a good way of interpreting i was a little confused yeah the presentation for daredevil has always been a little like so (laughs) that's because like it's really hard to it it tells people especially when most normal people run entirely off vision at the end of the day we're so vision oriented everything we do is built around how good we see and so if you try to tell someone remove that and you go I don't know if I if I really can like I don't know how to picture that in my head. That's what it is. Yeah, well, I mean, I understand that, but like I was saying, yeah. The the part that bugs me is very early on in the show, somebody talks, he looks directly at him. Now, it's not saying that deaf people don't do that. They do. Yeah, yeah. Oftentimes, they just happen to glance at you the right way, but he does it consistently. And the part that bugs me, Daredevil can see through echolocation, so when somebody talks, he knows where they are. Yep. Yep. But he's trying to play the blind guy. So he didn't really play the blind. Well, and that's the thing, much. I guess. Yeah. That's that's the other it's side kind of, of like it a too. dead it's, giveaway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would I would agree with that so aspect of it, but not, I bet not you necessarily that he was playing that he could see, but he was he was not, reacting too well almost. Yeah, he was reacting too well to their voices, staring directly at mm. him, and they're like, "You're blind." There oh, are yeah. some. Like, yeah. Okay, you obviously have these super super powers. Whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Other people aren't you supposed to know that. You can't let other people know. <laughs> and yeah, you that's know what? true. I did start thinking about that. You know, when it's like the Batman effect. You know, sometimes you're like, these people close to Batman can't tell that he's Batman. Yeah, yeah, I obviously. I had this a couple of times with the people sometimes close to him or like talking to him. Like the cop, like he sees like his face so clearly he talks the same way. And then like two scenes later, it's Matt Murdock talking the same way and I acting know. like a bland guy. And obviously his face is covered. So they're assuming he's a blind vigilante and then there's matt murdoch there talking to him later and he's blind too it's yeah like, it's it's hard where, it's really hard synapses not firing on this connection you know i, I, mean, I sometimes you know, it takes a little more than hat and or glasses to fool people right yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah that's, exactly that's the thing that i always have to talk to people to is that's like when you really think about it i mean especially like just in the case of like superman you're not really seeing him all that often like in all reality he's not stopping to have a chat in most cases He's actually out there, like, flying around, and that's why, like, I liked how Smallville presented him in that series, was that... The Flash. He was the blur. blur. Oh, the blur, the that's blur. right, that's right, they called him the yeah. blur. Yeah, thank you. And so, like, people normally wouldn't see him, and so when you go, okay, he... When you're only seeing someone in passing, them not having glasses or a hat is actually pretty disorienting when you see someone on a very consistent basis with such a thing. Mm-hmm. I do agree be- to the extent of, like, it does sound really dumb, especially when you're talking about it on a one-to-one conversation level, but if you're talking about at night... And you're putting into other variables. You go, okay, I can understand. Yeah. I think it's still really ridiculous. But At the I can end of get the day, it. it's like they, a comic totally, book hero. They totally yeah. call it in the Green Lantern movie. Yeah. Just because you cover your cheekbones doesn't mean I don't know who you are. Like, yeah, stupid. Like, well, and that's the thing. <laughs> well, and the Green Lantern doesn't help because it's just like, oh yeah, I they forgot didn't that they set did that. this up. They yeah. didn't set that up well. That's like, so funny. It'll hide your identity. Bullshit. Yeah, it doesn't do <laughs> shit. But that's why, because I like, you got green on you now. It doesn't yeah, mean I don't know who you are. Animated suit bullshit. God, that's more animated. <laughs> Man, that um, Deadpool trailer. So right. Um, going back to that. But, uh... He brown pants. Yeah. No, but, um... Yeah, with the dead, the, the Daredevil one, it's more of, like... He's probably only been at it for a few... I mean, at the end of the series, it's only been, like, a couple months, I think, right? That he's been doing that, that gig. And he's probably not interacting with the same people nightly. Like, for the sake of story, we're obviously seeing some of the same people. But we're talking weeks between appearances. And he's only talking to them at night for a few minutes versus having a full conversation at all times. And then that transitions to the time near the end when you finally see him in full costume, like the real costume. And he has the fake eyes on there making people think that he's a visual driven hero who's actually blind, really hammering in that point of like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like people will think he's a real person that can see stuff like a normal person that sees stuff. 
as a hero. And then in his personal life, he's blind, making that really solid distinction. Dis- yeah, disconnection. But that doesn't happen until that very last episode when he finally gets the costume. But another thing that you that you can account to, you know, the smaller mask or whatever. Yeah. You know, the hat and or glasses, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> the longer you know somebody, the less likely you are to suspect them of doing something like that. Exactly. That's the so other thing. like, Bruce Wayne's, you know, colleagues and oldest friends, like, they're never going to suspect him of doing that. Like... I know him too well. Yeah, he would never do that. Well, no, not even just that. Like he's incapable. Like, yeah. You, how did, how I've seen him drop stuff all the time. Why would he be Batman? Who's like this perfect person? Like exactly. exactly. Like you wind up creating and, this false preconception of that and person. Clark Kent plays the part of a dit so well. Newsy, <laughs> crutchy. Like, yeah, crutchy. <laughs> <laughs> Getting a real solid Relax, feeling. Crutchy. It's crutchy. I know you're Clark Kent. Anyway. Oh, that's um, great. But yeah, they, he plays the part of a ditch so well. Like, he, he yeah. like, drops newspapers or spills his coffee on himself all the time. Yeah, he purposefully like, there's, tries. Like, there's no way this guy, you know, if he spills the coffee on himself, he's like, oh, crap, and starts, like, wiping it off. Like, the man of steel doesn't get burned by coffee. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's, it's pour, an act. You can pour liquid magma all over yeah. him. He's be like, ah. <laughs> that felt real so nice. <laughs> that, that felt real good. Um, that was bad. No, I totally agree. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I will say with like uh, Daredevil, what's really like nails the point is in a later episode, you haven't seen it yet, but Foggy and him get into it because Foggy learns of his identity and yeah, like who he really is. Yeah. And there's a whole great set of scenes where he's like, so wait, in this moment you were doing this instead? Like calls him out and all the bullshit and all that stuff. So like this is the first show that I've seen that actually truly addresses that conversation so directly rather than being like kind of roundabout and being so forgiving from the bat. Like Foggy is rather dejected by the fact that he never told him about this. Yeah. And he's, all known, through college. Him, he's known him so long. And then the ability like, cause his abilities allow him to understand truth a little mm-hmm. bit by like, he, he essentially is a heart detector, you know? Yeah. He yeah. He's, detect he's a lie detector. Lying, so yep. it's like, it's kind of invasive and you know, I'm glad that the show does tackle that. And yeah. This is it. Yeah, it's so it's, it's a, a really grounded development for sure. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like once you get past like maybe the first couple episodes, there's a point where you're just like, I yeah, don't the third stop. episode has a or one of those earlier episodes after the the long hall scene. There's another fight scene in there where like dude commit suicide after the fight, and you're just like, oh, yeah, oh, that was crazy. Like he there's a bent piece of of like rebar fence, and he just shoves his face into it because like he realizes like I'm dead regardless, like. Kingpin's going to kill me. Someone's going to kill me and my family. I better solve this problem right now before they go after my family. I kind of like it. Suicide. I kind of like that he's also alluded to as a Kingpin, but he's actually never called. He's never Kingpin. called that until like I'm waiting for the next season when the, when he finally becomes the so-called Kingpin of crime and that yeah. name slowly adheres to him. Well, and I love how they even address it at certain parts of the show too that he is a certain type of character you know are you going to be the savior of the city or are you going to be the ruler of the city the conqueror you know like yeah what kind of a leader are you going to be yeah i like how they were they addressed the fact that, like he wants to help his city they both want to help their city just they're going about it in completely different, different ways that was a brilliant way that they did that juxtaposition i never thought foils. i would think kingpin a like a strong villain or a I've always thought of him as such but that's because I watched a lot of the Spider-Man cartoon growing yeah. up and he was a center of that well, and show you've also yeah. read the comics and everything oh, yeah. too you know there's obviously a lot more to his character than we've seen in you know past uh, oh, yeah. performances as much as I love oh uh, yeah, um, yeah absolutely I know who exactly you're talking about him, but, um, uh, but yeah no like I like Michael Clark that Duncan is, yes that's, that's 
yeah, yeah. But I, I like, I like what he, I like what they did with the character here. And you know, Marvel villains are often accused of as being one-dimensional, one-note bad guys. And it's the heroes that you really love. And while I do agree, I Kingpin's think an exception. This is another exception. Along Loki was a pretty good exception. Yeah, yeah. it's those two say. though. Uh, Ultron uh, tried so hard to be one of those, but just couldn't fucking hit it yeah, at all. I mean, they tried overly hard with that one. Yeah, that, that one was one of the things, like, it, it got to the point where, like, it was a good movie. Don't get me wrong. Like, it was really, really good, um, in my opinion. You know, they... Mm-hmm. See, we have a lot of... We had a lot of... Hype, though, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. In, like, critical lot, response. I, I thought... I thought that it was really well put together in, in the aspect of it really pulls you into the movie. You really start to feel the emotions of the people as well. Because, you know, you start to feel um, like where Black Widow for most of the previous movies, she's kind of been emotionally detached from everything. In this movie, she finally she finally gets uh, <laughs> she finally gets you know, a love interest, if you will. You know, just because I can appreciate it, why that's one it, of the things that you really it, liked from it. It'll, it'll lower. Watch. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I can appreciate that aspect for what people enjoyed. I I think for me though, I kind of felt it a little detracting. Like it's kind of like it, it felt a little cliche to me. Yeah, because Ultron starts being a whiny bitch. <laughs> well, I mean, more so than that, it's like why does Black Widow need a love interest? Why is her character? Why why does she need that? And I I don't know. I thought it was a little ham handed in, and also that it was. For one of like the biggest things of the movie, like that was one of my more annoying parts. You know, I didn't need the love story between Black Widow and Bruce Banner. I Maybe like in later like... parts it'll play out. Yeah, but I, like I don't the... know if it was the right place to introduce it. You get what it I'm was extremely yeah. forced. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's it. That's it was it. forced to begin with, but I mean, they they tie it in together pretty well because you know the Hulk says, "You know, I can't have this family or anything like that," and she's like, "Well, I can't either." That's that that was that was a pretty decent scene mm-hmm. right there. But up until then, you know, it's. It doesn't make a lot of sense. In the first Avengers movie, she tries to calm Bruce down, mm-hmm. and he straight up comes after her. And then suddenly, in the second Avengers movie, she's the one who gives him the lullaby. Like the lullaby thing was weird to me. That, that was my biggest part we need, of contention. We need a lullaby. Yeah. The sun's getting low. Out there. It's like let me touch some, you. you let me stroke your hand here. Yeah, no, um, yeah, that was always weird. And then like they tried to apply every form of female role to one person. She was the mother, she was the sister, she was the lover, she was, like, everything to everybody. And that felt awkward when you're trying to, like, grow a character out and they decide to just shove every, so to speak, directional role onto one person and go, you're everything. Yeah, it's so it's so funny we normally get so angry about, like, one-dimensional characters, and then now we find a character who has way too many dimensions. They tried, like... they just tried to do, well, that was the <laughs> problem, they tried to do everything. <laughs> yeah, right. Shit! <laughs> but, like... Yeah, it was one of those things where, like, we, we talked at length when the movie came out because, like, the movie suffered from a few different attractions with, like, that, the overly done one-liners just abound. Like, it, it became so much, like, every time you're starting to get serious, you're throwing a joke at something, like, hoping to bring it back up to, like, a brevity moment. It's like, the trailers didn't depict that. We had a, we, it suffered from a lot of yeah. preconceived notions that they set up on their side. And it's funny, like, when we first watched it all together, I think... I think I like at first I was like oh that was awesome I love that movie and then I ended up seeing it another two times obviously because there's yeah. friends you know you got to go see that movie everybody wants to see it yep. and I saw it the third time I had seen it I 
I was really turned off by it. I like after watching it more and more, I mm-hmm. I got less and less out of it. I don't know. And I really I just need to see the, the scenes that were it. cut because we I want yes. I want to know really the Thor justifications for his whole thing because they didn't do it in the film what we got in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um like yeah, about the only justification you get for Thor continuing to fight was Vision handed him his hammer. Well, there was that. There was uh, there was <laughs> a scene the before vision. that. Yeah, let's see the v- yeah. full vision. That's what I. Want you know, to see. they. I feel like they cut the line where Vision actually takes his name because they just say they just throw the word the vi- like Vision around all over the place <laughs> when Ultron's he's there, vision. but he never once says you can call me the Vision ever. Like it's never finally said like what is this guy's name? He doesn't actually in the film but get a name. To. It's alluded so to so heavily. You're just like I get it, but you should have just thrown that line in there that says like. You can call me that. Sure. Yeah, it should have been in that same instance. When yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not Ultron, and I'm not Jarvis either. Like, I'm not the vision anyone looked for, and then, boom, there yeah, it is, line. Like that, boom, done. Like, and then, yeah, let's get going. Like, hand him that. Like, okay. yeah. Oh, I get it. We can trust this guy. He's, you know, Thor's hammer accepted him. So I don't know. Like that movie was I really love good, how everybody but everybody's kind of weary about it, and Thor's like, I'm game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just looks at him like, that was we won't cool speak part. of this again. That. Yeah. I'm still waiting because I know in the comics one of the biggest moments was always like one of Steve's last stands before he goes down kind of thing, especially with Thanos, is like he wields Mjolnir himself for like a split second, just long enough to swing it once. Because that little like I know that they did. That's you what think I will be able to do that. I, cool. Oh, that's oh, that's so the goal. Is that like cool. he has this p- potential? When it, when it, like, shifts slightly. <laughs> don't don't you dare pick <laughs> up like, my oh, hammer. That's that's <laughs> fucking cool. And he's like okay. Okay. That'd be okay. fucking good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and so that's what I'm waiting for, is oh. that big moment when Actually, finally got me a little swings right that there. hammer. That was, that was nice. <sighs> but yeah, that's what I'm waiting for, is that that scene when we see Steve Rogers just like pick up, a, like Thor's on the ground unconscious, he just sees the hammer, he, just, he has no shield, shield's broken, he just like, fuck it, <laughs> goes yeah. for it, and works. It's, it's funny, I was watching Big Bang Theory yeah. the other day, and it was an episode uh, where uh, the guys all go to Comic-Con. Yep. Okay. And so the girls are like, this is a really big part of their life. We should probably go check this out. So they go to the comic book store and they start reading. And they get into this huge argument because previously in the show they had talked about, like, these guys argue for hours about something that's not even real. And then they get this huge argument that takes place, like, over several hours about who can and can't pick up Thor's hammer. <laughs> and why not? The hammer is an inanimate object. He can't decide who's working. It's an no. inanimate fucking object. And then That's right. an inanimate so fucking object. The transference property, you know, if Hulk picks up Thor, who's picking up the hammer, he in turn picks yeah. up the hammer. Is yeah. he worthy? Yeah. Like, no, that's not how that works. Yeah, yeah. Thor is worthy. He's the one who's holding the hammer, but... Oh, Hulk oh up. yeah, yeah. It's all been goofy. It's not like he's gonna use Thor as an extension of the hammer. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not how that works. But yeah, so they get this huge argument about it. But mm-hmm. Logic. Yeah, right. So w- I, I'm interested to see who else is worthy because I love the part in the movie where he throws the hammer to Vision. Yeah, that's cool. And like Vision just smacks the shit out of Ultron. Oh movie, yeah, right. It's like it's very well balanced. I'm yeah, really hoping. Power in the swing. <laughs> I'm really hoping Ragnarok introduces Beta Ray Bill. I doubt it will. I will be but fascinated. But I am extremely hopeful that we'll at least see some form of introduction to Beta Ray Bill because he is my favorite extension of Thor in terms of the comics because it's like this bio android from the species that like is nearly extinct and he's the defender of their species and he gets in a tuffle with Thor. And proves that he is worthy to wield Mjolnir to the point where, like, Odin goes, 
I'll make you a hammer too. Yeah. It's called Stormbringer. It'll be the sibling to Mjolnir, and you'll become a new, you'll become an avatar of it. Here you go. Was You're it forged in a dark star. Yeah, same same deal. Like a, another star. Yeah, yep. they they. So, in his hammer world, just looks more like a workman's hammer in a way. It's got more of that like. It's got like flat the front, and then the, and then the hook like back, the dip, and then it has like the hook in the back. It's all gold, solid gold. So like if you think of like the the classic, so, I, I think like Vulcan the, hammer. The, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Um, I also like that. Uh, like in the way that like Thor has his six sigils that are on his body. Yeah. Beta Ray Bill has them, but they're connected by like essentially like uh, what is that called? A resistor symbol mm. from uh, technology because he's in part android. That's cool. So like they incorporate technology and like I was like that's well, that's, the, that's the whole thing the, with the success of Marvel is the weird ability to combine science and and magic and all magic. at once. Well, yeah, I mean, they yeah. even say it in Thor. You yeah. Know? yeah. You call it science. You know, other people call it magic. From where I come from, these are the same thing. Yep. But yeah, even in the even in the old TV show, mm-hmm. um, what actually happens is that guy he gets he gets Mjolnir. Mm-hmm. Like there's not even a fight. His people are in danger, and Thor is sitting there, and then Mjolnir is clipped to his belt, right? And all of a sudden, it goes whoop, boom, yep. and just takes off through the galaxy, yep. and goes down, and boom, he gets imbued with the powers. But then, obviously, after he defeats who he needs to defeat, Mjolnir is like, okay, I'm going back to mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> yeah, actually owned by, and he's like, no, I'm not letting. <laughs> yep. <laughs> takes off with him. Yeah, because so. in in uh, the original comics, it was more of like Thor was on a patrol and he finds a, sh- a derelict ship, and, s- and inside is Beta Ray, and they throw down because Beta Ray thinks he's an intruder, and then he goes, wait a minute, you're not who I thought you were, and then like they kind of make an amicable situation out of it, but th- but Odin's so impressed, he's just like, I'll make you a hammer too. You're good enough to be like my son. <laughs> So, I'm, well, I'm hoping. The thing is, is, you know, Thor takes such an interest in Earth and everything like that. Like, yeah. He, he, he misses out on a lot of the... Asgardian stuff, yeah. The Asgardian stuff, so... Yeah, the few books I have from Thor, because Thor's never really been a big part of what I've been interested in in terms of Marvel, um, are the ones where he's actually, like, pretty involved in the Asgardian stuff. So, like, I do get to see that stuff, but it's because I kind of weed out all the bullshit of him hanging around Earthlings. Yeah, I want them... <laughs> I really want them to like actually go, because you know Thor. There's there's the comic book stuff, but if you actually go into the mythology, there are so many people that they could bring against him as enemies. Well, they've already done quite a bit. Like I was actually for this week's uh, Zane's World, which is the the stuff that I do. Um, I'm doing it in a blog post, which is kind of like how to get into comics because hey, it's a fucking pretty daunting medium to just jump into. Well, yeah. Um, Oops, so I, I was going through, <laughs> dude, I know, right? But, uh, yeah, so I was going through my issues, and I was using um, the stuff from Fear Itself, uh, that storyline, because that was the fucking first thing I grabbed. But it was, uh, I've got a binder that's like this full. By the way, I'm holding something that's about a foot full of comics. And, uh, yeah, that was the big, like, Thor event, essentially, you could call it. It's where uh, the serpent the great earth-destroying serpent that Thor is supposed to fight and defend Earth from, from legend, got worked into a Marvel comic book storyline where uh, he has his own hammers. He has nine, I think, seven or nine. It's always like an odd number and always one of those magic numbers. But uh, he summons his uh, servants and they take uh, the form of other villains and heroes. Like Hulk actually becomes one of them, an evil guy, because he's being controlled by the spirit of this hammer. And so, like, they all come to Earth, and they all fuck shit up, and then uh, Thor and the serpent throw down, and just like the actual legend in real life says that Thor takes 
uh, I think it's 12 steps, then falls. He finishes off the serpent, takes 12 steps, and dies. And so, like, that's how cool. Like, the whole event gets insane. Like, Tony creates the destroyer armor for Iron Man, which is designed after the actual destroyer armor that Odin created. But it shoots instead of, like, pulsar beams or whatever it is. Uh, it's actually a lightning. It's such a cool armor that he makes out of that. And then, like, they make uh, weapons for everybody. Like, Spider-Man has weird wrist gauntlet things that give him enabled powers. Wolverine has some stuff that he wears, too. Like, they all wind up getting something that's Asgardian-influenced, and it looks fucking cool. But uh, that's one that if you're looking for a good, like, Thor-infused storyline, jump on that one, for sure. Well, yeah. Well, what I mean is, like, there's there's a lot of, like, lesser-known people. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, even even from just playing Smite, you know, there's Fenrir, who's the bringer of Ragnarok. Yeah, they actually reference a lot of that stuff in the, the books themselves. Um, the hard thing with that is that Marvel doesn't necessarily keep true to the relationships of these people. Yeah, it doesn't. That's at all. I wish, yeah. I wish that there was a story arc that, that kind of went with that. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you see people like uh, of the different races and stuff like that. But you only really hear about Thor, Loki, and Odin as, as the gods. Like. That's the thing, and is the comics branch out way more than that, because the, the comics actually touch on everything, like uh, Fenrir's in there, um, we've got, or, or Fenris is what I think they go with in terms of naming, because they always slightly alter the names of everything from the books, too. Well, because mm-hmm. Thor, Odin, and Loki are really commonly known, but a lot of the other ones, like, that, that's not something you're going to get the rights to. Exactly. It's not public. Yeah, it's just, it, it's one of those things. Um, Marvel's got their own deal with all that stuff, and I'm sure that altering it makes it their own canon. And that they, because yeah. I mean, everything after, I think, 72 years becomes uh, fair use. Public domain, yeah. Public domain, so. Yeah, it's like 7280. I know 100 yeah. years, you're always clear. Yeah, so. you're always clear. clear. And yeah. fact that, you know, Asgardian why, legends are thousands of years, they're, that's why they're good. Disney's fighting it. Yep. Disney is fighting it hardcore because mm-hmm. they're about to start losing some of their stuff. Like, you know. The old Snow White, Cinderella. Oh, yeah. No, that's happening a lot um, mm-hmm. with a lot of their stuff. That's right. No, that's a good point. Because, you know, that public domain thing is screwing them well, out. That's of... why we have, like, two Jungle Books coming up within the next Yeah, year, like so. two, or, two or three even. Because I feel like there's yeah. also a TV movie being made on Maybe, some network. Yeah. Well, there's already, like, four Jungle Book movies. What the I, know. <laughs> I know. I um, know. Mowgli. But, yeah, let's just touch on uh, what have you been up to, Marcus? Like, you've been playing Smite. A lot. I really have no life. <laughs> I went and I saw Uncle, you mm-hmm. know, yesterday. U.N.C.L.E. Yeah, that one. Dot. <laughs> dot. dot. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, uh, yeah, I went to saw that. I went to see that yesterday. Um, God, no, this last week, I took I took the test I needed to get into school. Yep. So oh, good. That's nice. Yeah registered now I've got all I gotta do is new student orientation pick my classes what are you what are you going like to school primarily for do you have a uh, focus technological and software engineering nice yeah so that'll be good um you know we had a half day on Friday at work which was fucking awesome um I still didn't get home until like four or five o'clock in the afternoon but you know traffic and trains and stuff right 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 after I took the test which took me like two hours which you know it sucked because apparently, you know, I'm college-level math. I haven't been in school in three years, but I'm college-level math. 
But because I did so well in the regular math section, they sent me on to do the college math section. I bombed it. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> and the, <laughs> guy, the guy was like, oh, wow, you actually made it to this other section. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, well, unless you do well enough in this section, you don't get to even try the next section. I was like, yeah, but you see, I scored a 96 in this section and a 23 in the next <laughs> one. Like, Clearly, the evidence shows. Yeah, like, oh, I can I can remember some things from high school, but, you know, I haven't taken math in four years. <laughs> right, right. Oh, my I God. Have, I didn't I, even have to take it in my senior year. I can't even remember the last thing I did with math, like like a, like a class. It was in high school. I Man. took pre-calculus. I didn't like, get to that. Uh, yeah. It's like algebra 2. Yeah, I took geometry my freshman year. Mm. So then I was algebra two my sophomore year, and then junior year I took pre-calculus. That's the the fourth. Flip those first two around, and that's where I was at. Like I did geometry. Yeah, I don't know why Te- Texas is. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, just just so you know, I am from Texas. Right. Just moved here in April. Um, but yeah, Texas is pretty freaking dumb in their schooling system. I'm not even kidding. Like. Eighth grade, I took algebra one because I was a year ahead in math. I tested into the higher. That was normal for us with eighth grade. Um, But then you do geometry the next year, and it's like, okay, why the hell do you want to divide up algebra one and algebra two? That's actually no. I was thinking about that's how ours was too: geometry and then algebra two, and then you went into. I want to say trigonometry was after that, and then calc. I thought yeah, I was going to say it was either trig trigonometry or pre calc. Which essentially is kind of the same. Yeah, thing. yeah. Our, I mean, our school had, I think, offered both. And if you were good enough, if you showed promise enough at Calc, they would just skip the pre-Calc portion and just go straight into the calculus stuff. Yeah, I yeah. could have tested in the that calculus, right. but the way the calculus worked at my school is it was a college course. Yep. So you actually had to leave campus to, oh, okay. to yeah. take it. I think we had and a few professors that were uh, considered AP good. Classes. Yeah, yeah. They, they were allowed to do it because, I mean, we went to a school that after we graduated, not long, like a year after we got you graduated, I think they switched to IB, which is that like oh better God. than totally normal school. Now. Ivy League, it's Ivy weird. League is is worlds above AP. Yeah, I've I've done I've done both. Mm-hmm. You know, I I spent six months in Washington, and there they have uh, what's called integrated math. Yep. So it's all the maths integrated into one because all of the maths that you learn, like you'll learn, like say like. Y'all, we all learned algebra one. Yep. And then in geometry, you're like, oh, some of these things transfer. Like, yep. why the hell do you want to separate these into years whenever you can separate them into sections? Yeah, right? I always was bugged by that. Because, like, yep. the, the best way, because, like, whenever I was a freshman and I was taking geometry, uh, the science, the sine cotine and tangent stuff, like, God, that stuff was so confusing to me. It is. And then I went to school in, in Washington and he showed me all the real world applications. Like, why, why the hell do you need to know this? Well, this is why. So he actually taught you. How to use it. How to use it. So yeah. he was a good teacher. Yeah, yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't just a formula written on the board and like, good luck. Like, yeah. <laughs> so that's like, what good teachers should do. And that's what good courses do. I, I totally agree. That's a much better yeah. way to explain it. Cause yeah. It was jarring for me, I remember. That's why I never got into math and I hated it. But yeah, I focus. Like, they put me into, uh, as a sophomore, they put me into integrated math too. Cool. Because technically they take uh, a higher level math in eighth grade as well. So that oh. was supposed to be where I was. But because of all the stuff that I knew, I tested out of two and into three as a sophomore. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a junior level class mm-hmm. or not a senior level class. Oh, wow. Right. So after that, like, had I stayed there for the next two years, I could have gotten calculus one and calculus two out of the way. Right, right. You know, but God, I hate calculus. <laughs> like, That's what everybody tells me that does it. It, or that, that do it, I should say. Yeah, it just yeah I don't know rules. any math majors, so. 
It's one of those things where I'm pretty sure you have to be a math major to really enjoy it. Because I remember when I was in high school, I didn't do any of the homework. I was just one of those people yeah, that hate hate rep- repetitive right homework bullshit. Like, teach me the material. By all means, teach it to me. Yeah, I will learn for, it. You know, eight hours a day. You know. Yeah, well, yeah I'm more than better. happy to learn. Yeah, and for better or for worse, I remember my mentality, and I I definitely think it definitely hampered me later on in life. Me too, but Maybe a little bit. But I hated school. I didn't I didn't want anything to do with it unless it was music related. Right. I was of the so mentality that as long as I went and paid attention, I was good. Now it showed on tests. It yeah, always no, proved always it well proved tests. form yeah, on that's tests. That's the only reason I passed. You know, in Texas, AP history, same. Yeah, seventy percent of your grade is the testing. That's so, lucky because ours definitely in certain courses was not, and I am I, I fucked up two different years of English because of it, um, for that exact reason. Man, and I tell you, like the no the matter how high my high score was on AP English, English oh, most dude. of them are awful. I like, literally I hated everyone except maybe one of my teachers. Yeah, and I Mr. Friesen I didn't crazy. like. I hated Fast. Mr. Friesen. Friesen in senior year was a little bit obnoxious. Um, AP Labo English really annoyed me. Never had him, luckily. Labo was... Oh, Stalls was right. Stalls was great. Oh, yeah, I love Stalls. I always had those teachers that either really liked me or couldn't stand me. Because, like, yep. if it was math, yep. like, I don't have to pay attention in class. I don't have to do the homework. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to pass. I can sleep throughout the whole thing. And you can't fail me because I will always ace the test. Like, I was yep. so good I had one teacher math. in math that built, like... 80% were great on the homework, and I didn't know until we're almost on with the semester, and I was just like, well, I'm not passing this course. <laughs> like, I think I barely Oops. edged by with, like, a D-plus or something, yeah, and I was I like, fuck it, that's good enough. D's? Like, yeah, we, yeah. Got, we got A, B, C, fail. <laughs> oh, wow. Fair. Yeah, because we had Ds. We had, we had Ds available. Yeah, we had Ds. Um, but, yeah, most of the classes were just all homework-related. A lot of hated. trite people um, and a lot of stupid people like i I, yeah. I, did, I always thought my teachers were really dumb so did I. especially in english like they were all idiots yeah and they would give everyone like two weeks to read a book and i'd finish it in a day or two if it was like good and then if it wasn't i just wouldn't read it or care see uh, i was with that up. person that would read the first <laughs> if i couldn't read the first paragraph and be intrigued in any way i wouldn't read it the great Gatsby. and then I hate that book god i hate really? that book i really I hate hated it. that book I too yeah, like, that's one of my least well, favorite. To be fair, I know it is. Why everyone hard, loves it. It's yeah. a hard read. It really uh, is. It's, because it's, it's got it's a lot of, of like subliminal hard. stuff, man. you got to pay attention to the, all the minute details in order to understand the real character development in it. I because, get that, but it just it's so annoying to me how they use... Like symbology for like everything in that book. Awesome. Well, yes, and symbolism. Yeah. Yeah, symbolism. So, I, I just started smart. thinking of uh, let's, the let's line. Let's make up a new word today. Yeah. No, I was just thinking of Boondock Saints. <laughs> Boondog. So what's yes. the symbology of it all? The symbolism. <laughs> symbolism. That's all I thought of. But I just, I, I get why everyone loves it. I understand why it's a great book in its own right. I just, for me, I just, I don't like it. I didn't, the I The group discussions the on it were boring to me, and it was more. just not enthralling I as a novel. I super enjoyed all the books, like, in English. I the just ones, didn't like the, the ones, ones that I didn't were, uh, the, my senior year, we had to take British literature. Yep. Which, they're really old stuff. It's like it's written in old language, and there's a reason we don't use it anymore. Like, yeah, that's how I was with my AP course confusing. in senior year. Was the same way we had, we wound up having to do a whole like third of our course was built around um, like uh, the wife of Bath and like the stories from um, 
what are they? The uh, the Tales of Canterbury. Canterbury Tales. Yeah, those ones. Yeah, um, I, I honestly love the Canterbury Tales. I enjoyed it them. Could, I just once you can understand. Bored by the end of it. Yeah, but there's, once there's, you get through it and they bore you to death by shoving it down your throat for like you know a month and a half yeah. straight, you're well, just well, like, ah, I'm, I'm overdone. I, I'm bored. Yeah, I got Romeo and Juliet shoved down my throat. Oh, God, so many times. Is, 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 and. It's, they say it's like the best love story ever. It's like God, that it's is a annoying. tragedy. It's a, it, is, it will it it's is a tragic and tragedy. And it's great yeah. because then, like for a while, I didn't want to read any Shakespeare. And then I, I think I came across the movie Much Ado About Nothing. And then I read the uh, I adaptation of Much Ado, Ado About Nothing. Sixth grade. I, yeah, I performed that one in sixth grade. I love that. I love I that. I love one. that because it's a weird one of the comedy, classic but comedies. also drama. Yeah. And it's, you, it's fascinating. And then I read other Shakespearean. I love uh, Othello. And I loved it. Othello. Um, oh my God, um, um, Macbeth! I Macbeth. love oh, Macbeth. Macbeth is a really good one. Love Macbeth. The, the Lion King. I mean, on. Macbeth. <laughs> yeah, Lion King. <coughs> Lion King uh, is that. Classic, <laughs> the yeah. prodigal son leaves. Ghost dad tells him, "Hey, your your uncle dad is is totally the murderer." Then he goes back and kills his uncle dad and becomes king. But, Lion uh, King. Yeah. The, the, the one that turned me back onto Shakespearean literature was The Tempest, actually. I love The Tempest. Like, Tempest is so Tempest good. The Tempest is hilarious. Like, oh my so god! Good. I read, I read it at, yep. as, a, as a screenplay, even like you know, yeah. Yeah. reading like all the aside notes and everything like that. Like I, I read it that way, and I was just like, wow, why the hell couldn't this be what they teach? Because Honestly. it shows all the same things. Like the 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 dad is setting it up so that the yes. daughter and this other guy can get married. Like the whole point of this is so yep. that they can get back together so they can go home. They don't have to be stranded on this island anymore. Like, it is oh, such a better so telling of a love story. And everybody's like, Romeo and Juliet. Like, no, they died. Like, they were stupid and died. It's a three-day oh. relationship that ends in one of them killing <laughs> themselves. <laughs> and the other one themselves because Tell of us what you really think. Yeah, I love it. I love it. That's great. I totally agree. I, no, yeah. I hate That's how Romeo it is. and Juliet. It's so, it's so cliche. What um, was that... Uh, I want to call it friend. It might have been Italian, but um, the dude with the big nose that was a I oh, Serrano de Thank you. Thank I you. love Serrano de Bergerac. Thank and you. And then Roxanne, which yes. is uh, Steve, uh, what is whatever his name is, uh, his adaptation of that yeah. old tale. Yeah. I love both of those things. Yeah, like that that tale. That would have Serrano been a better Bergerac, one. People, let's let's read <laughs> Serrano de Bergerac. So today on Literary Podcast, wow, I love this. I love this. We've this, gone this down that geek road. We've gone down that geek road this time. Yeah, oops, God it damn. happened. It happened. I'm getting, I'm getting so excited. So excited. Yeah, I love, I love these classic tales, and that's why, like, when movies infuse these, like, I get really Themes, happy. Yeah, about it. yeah, yeah. And that's one thing. Like, we can all, I think you and I at least can agree on, is when we saw that one, uh, Warm Bodies. We were all kind of just groaning endlessly I at saw that. It really late. So did um, I. After people had told me to go see it, and then I'm like, okay. Now Within I five get what minutes, you're here. just like, it's Romeo and Juliet with fancy names and a different scenario. It's I'm exactly Romeo. It take itself too seriously. Exactly. That's, That's the, the same, one thing. At the same time, that movie isn't like Romeo and Juliet for the for the sole fact exactly. that both of them live. Exactly. And, um, <laughs> it's the, the inverse. Becomes, actually, they the both wind up not living. Human again. Yep. Because he has feelings for her. But the only reason he has feelings for her is because he beat out her boyfriend's brains and ate them. Yep. Okay? I I don't know. That just seems... Yeah, really yeah. It's obviously to me. <laughs> extremely twisted. Literally, at the end, twisted up. But it's still, at the end of the day, it's Romeo and Juliet. Especially when you have Julie and R as their names. You're just like, motherfuckers. But that's what I love about it. It's You're so creative, meta. but goddamn so it. fucking meta. meta. <laughs> yeah, it's so self-aware of itself. That's the thing. You know, uh, the thing about Smite Online right now that's really pissing me off, nobody knows the meta. 
Yeah. Like these people are like, oh, free game. Ha ha, let's download it. And it's like, you are destroying my reputation. Yeah. Like, I go in. You were smiting smite. It, well, uh, I played with a buddy last night, and he and I used to play on the computer version, right? So yeah. he and I are both pretty high level. And we get matched with this Randy that's just like, what are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. have you ever played before? Yeah. Have you ever played before? My buddy and I were sitting over here on the left lane. We're playing Siege, which is a 4v4, so two people on each side, mm-hmm. right? And the more points you get summons a Siege Juggernaut, okay? The Siege Juggernaut comes up the lane. He can take a crap ton of damage. It's a good way to push, right? Yeah. And there's a wild Siege Juggernaut that me and my buddy, every time it pops up, we're killing it, right? Mm-hmm. The wild one instantly gives you another. So you can technically have two at a time, huh. okay? Which is ridiculously OP. But... We're over here, and we're wrecking our lane. And then all of a sudden, we lose. And we're like, what the hell? Apparently, the other side was doing so bad that one person, because we were 2v3. Three people were on our side because we were wrecking them so hardcore. Okay? But one person murdered both of the people on the other side so many times that that person marched through the other side and killed our titan. Like... Just, just, just murdered right. our Titan, and it's like people not knowing the meta really takes me off. Like yeah. if you don't know what you're doing, there's co-op mode for that. Don't go into verses. Yeah, like, when you're it's a against, strategy game. Yeah, when like, you're against real people, you have to know what you're doing. Yeah. Okay. The only time that it is okay for you to not know what you're doing is when you play assault because that's everybody's random. Mm-hmm. Good luck getting somebody that you know how to play, mm-hmm. especially if you bought the God Pack and you have all. I think there's like fifty something gods. Right. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, once you get to know what you're doing, though, you can pretty much say, okay, this person is a melee assassin, okay? That means that I have to get close, and I can do a lot of damage real quick, but on a single target, only. So you build resistances so that you can actually get to that single target, right? Or I'm a guardian, you know? I'm somebody who uses magic damage, but I'm not going to build damage anyway because I'm going to be so tanky that I can run in there and take all of their damage and still stay alive. Like, as long as you go in there and you're disruptive, they're going to focus on you. And then you have your other people to pick them off. Like, once you understand the meta, you can be a decent player in any situation. But because nobody knows the meta, I swear to God, like, my my win-to-loss ratio is so, so bad. Well, I I feel the same way when people are playing in Planetside 2, which is a game I've gotten into recently. I love that. I'm getting... I'm really loving that game. I've only played it Um, twice. Yeah, you... It's fucking weird i like it but i'm not i'm wary of it you know like we I, we we got yeah. into a different server we made a breakfast clan outfit now okay cool and we are now the terran republic we're trying them out okay and oh my god it's actually much more fun now okay the reason why is because everyone in the vanu don't know what the fuck they're doing they run around and i really like i just unlocked the assassin build for vanu and i'm like i was just about to get into that the last time i played and i was like I think I'm gonna like this one because it finally has like stealth Sniper, and yeah. sniping, that, and you can get really good with that one. But it's when you understand, like, and it helps that. when there's more than one person on your team that you're actually in conversation with. Like, I just oh, yeah. hear the number of children no, I, fucking ch- chirping and yelping. Oh, yeah. I'm like, God damn it! Like, no, I'm about I would to not quit play this. that game without another person. With yeah, that. that's that's one, that's one thing that's kind of crucial because I've only had a full team on Smite once. You know, we played yeah. one game, and it was the, I had five people in my party. We all played. Um, more often than not, it's two to three, yeah, including me. Um, but nine times out of ten, whenever we have all the people, you know, there's somebody in the party, 
you know, and I'm not going to say any names, but he was just a little whiny bitch. Like, yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't understand how to play the game. Well, it's like, hey, the people who do, you could ask us. Like, we can tell you what to build, you know, the items and such. We can tell you how to play, mm-hmm. but you won't ask. You just sit there and whine. You know, I, I feel like that's that's a lot of what's happening in, in the Smite world right now because there's a lot of people who are playing for a little bit and then quitting because they can't get anywhere. And it's like, well, that's the reason that they put in a practice mode. There's even a jungle practice mode where you can level up completely, buy everything that you want to buy so that you can see how you are at full build. You yeah, know, you, no. you build up and, you know, yeah, it takes time because especially in-game against real people, they're not the computers. Once you get them down to about 10% health, the computers will turn around and run. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. Me as a player, I can be down to 1% health, and I will still do my very best to murder you. Yeah. Like, especially if I have range. If I have range, I'm just going to step back and just keep shooting you. Yeah, keep chasing me, please, because I've got life steal and crit. Like, I'm, I'm about to be at full health while you die. Yeah, like <laughs> I like how yep. you got a little gangster there. Like, yeah, I'm about did. to whip your ass. <laughs> this is about to go down, and you're dead. Like, um, no, like actually, it was something. I think you're alluding to something really that I kind of wanted to do at some point. Um, and I think each of us has that game that we could talk about in this too. Mm-hmm. I want to, much like Zane has with his how to comic. I kind of want to do that for games too, because there's mm-hmm. so many games where people run around, especially multiplayer games, cooperative based or even competitive. They don't go around and they're not they're not cooperating. They're not doing things together and they don't understand what's going on. They just do it. Yep. And that's why they don't have a good time. And it's like, take the time to understand and learn it. Yep. Like that's how I feel with Planet Side 2. If you don't operate under a siege mentality, you're not gonna get a base. You're not gonna capture shit. Mm-mm. I was when I was play playing together. I was the only one taking the objectives A, B, and C. Oh my god. And the only one breaking the things that you're supposed to break inside their, the enemy's bases. And I was like everyone else was just running around chickens there. Like chickens with their heads cut off kind of moment. You're just like That's when it gets frustrating. Seriously, like, That's like it's not it's hard. There's A, B, and C. You can see them on the map. Just well, fucking go there. And also when you you're playing right now in the build, yeah. you start out like it's you like you have to get the first fifteen before you can actually enter the real, the real games. Yeah. Oh my god. Once you get into the real games and like the big continents holy fucking shit i ran up with a huge ass tank brigade mm-hmm. two sunderers and we just went out balls deep on this one huge fortress area <laughs> teabagging no balls deep <laughs> all, all we do because the terran republic has more ammo like that's their speciality literally all of the tanks stand around in a firing line Killing all everything that's on the sides while and we build up with our Sunderers, which are the APCs. We go in front, we put them under three different locations, and we invade. We push so hard while the tanks are just blowing up everything that could give us a hard time or like snipe us. It's beautiful. I, I that was the moment where I'm like, I love this game. Yeah, <laughs> I love this game. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, uh, what I do to to not necessarily like be a helpful hand or anything like that, but I try. Um, if you log into Smite on the Xbox without being in a party, it automatically logs you into game chat. You can chat with your team. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, the problem is, if you're buddying up, then you're only going to be able to hear your buddy. Yeah. So, if you're in a party, you're not going to be able to hear... Uh, I will say that's the one nice thing about the party chat system on PlayStation is you party up with somebody and then you switch to game chat while you're in your party... And it just secures what you guys are in, and you guys communicate with everyone else in your game yeah, at really, that time. They really need to release something like that for Xbox. Yeah. Because, well, the whole menu system on the Xbox needs to be worked. The one 
the 360 had it right. I think the the Xbox One was like a huge step back. What do you mean? Like the way the the way the party system works and the snapping features and everything, I find it annoying in comparison it's to the cumbersome. PS4. Yeah, where it's just like you pull it up, you pop it in one button and everything. In this, you have like three different separate things going on and you have to pull it up using the snap feature, which in some ways is a good idea and in some not. And then also the party features in that are just really annoying because it's hard to get people together like in a party on Xbox One, I feel. In comparison to the 360 where you pop up the button and you just invite them right away. Yeah, you can do that on the Xbox One. Yeah, but you have to pull up a separate thing for it. And you also have to go out of the game to pull up the friends list, too. Like, that's annoying. You can you can snap the friends app right on the side. Yeah, but you still have to, like, open up a separate tab when you... When He's you saying, because, like, with the, the 360, what you could do is you just hit the, the, the Xbox button, and it it just puts up a, a phantom right in front of your, your, it's, your game. It's not an actual, like... It's app. not like you're leaving the game yeah. to check on the other thing. In this case, like, with Snap, you're actually bringing it on the side, which is then minimizing what's going on your screen, whereas, like we were just saying, like, yeah, you press you that home button... you have to it again. It's and just it a just highlight It just brings it up ghosted yeah. over everything else, and then you do what you need to do there and you just press the home button again and it just vanishes and you're back in game just fine without having the snap features and everything it, yeah. it is cumbersome like i'm waiting for the xbox one's uh next firmware update because yeah, that's all good the next one coming up looks like it's gonna yeah like because they've already shown that it's gonna it's gonna have a lot of uh, formatting changes um okay. to getting around and i do know when the xbox one got first dropped it was just a big complaint for everyone it's like man we gotta get that update that'll eventually like streamline this just it, it's coming we know it will come just it needs to happen because this is still cumbersome it was hard to, i remember it was hard like to find all your settings even with the xbox yes. one. Oh my god it's it you was want, frustrating at first yeah th- that was pretty frustrating to begin with because you have to go through the the games and apps section like your that's settings is an saying. app yeah. yeah and i was like that that's a little weird but once you get to it you can pin it to home and you just whenever you load up it brings up the main screen hit the left bumper and you're there with all your pins yeah like i've got yep. cruncher all netflix yep. settings internet explorer all that kind of stuff over there it's quick access right i even have smite pinned over there yeah, so it's that it's I can just but load it, that no matter what yeah but it also is just it's still another screen and i'd rather not have another screen i just rather it have like a thing there and then you, you get rid of it and then it's not there anymore like the 360 i think it was brilliant how simple it was you know yeah. in this one it's not as simple they tried to multitask with this one that's which I think, exactly it which it was, was a little bit of a hindrance to them as yeah. well, you know, because mm-hmm. when you think about it, um, if you're playing online and somebody invites you to a party and you hit the button, like, that should be fixed because whenever you hold that button, it brings you out of the game and into the party app. Like, why do I need to be in the party app? I just that need to accept the That is exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what needs that. That's, that's, that's why it was brilliant in the 360 because it wouldn't do that. Yeah, because yep. – but at the same time – I understand why they multitask a little bit because, like, they want in Windows 8 integration. That's the thing is they want to have it a streamlined formatting going from one thing to another. And Windows 8's biggest thing was the tiles and the separate apps for everything. And I get that they're trying to unify their OSs. That makes sense to me, but it's just well, one yeah, of those things where if they can do that, then they can yeah, then it's PC gaming to yeah. Or, uh, well, that's Xbox what Windows game. 10 is all about. Yeah, that's what yeah. Windows 10 is all about. So it's one of those things where it's so like we trying, know what's coming. Yeah, they're trying to revolutionize. This it's just getting there. They've been thinking about uh, merging those servers for a long time now. Now they're doing it. They're yeah. finally yeah. doing they're it. They're finally and doing I think it's game brilliant. sharing and all that. I, I agree. Good things are coming for Xbox One. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, like, I'm I'm it's not to shit talk it. Shit talk it. It's literally just like. Um, 
quality of life updates need to happen on an Xbox One sooner rather than later to get people more on board with it. Like I've already set on when I'm I'm buying one. Like I already know the exact yeah. like the exact date I'm purchasing God, an Xbox One. So good. Dude, all that stuff. I can't even. It's it's gonna be good. Dude, when Halo good. Four came out, man, <sighs> I I binged that. That's all night. we did. That's I mean, actually Halo. how most of these guys for the podcast stuff got together was Halo Four. That's how most of us like got. And on the talking so together all the time wrong with like yeah. the community at that time oh like it was so toxic at the yeah, time and now that they've had the time to take and really understand what's good about what halo and what needs to be approved they've made evolutions in all the right areas all right well since we're uh Sorry. Wow. no you're good we're that good was a long since we're getting open. on in a little bit i'll just do my quick little bullet list of what i've done this week without really talking about it and then we'll get out of here and do a break and come back with news but uh don't lie to me um I rewatched all of Young Justice season two now, so I've never rewatched that entire series, one, season one and two. Forget how good that one is and how much I, they use Nolan I, North across I wish that whole they would fucking series. It. I know, but Cartoon Network fucking sucks, and they're stuck on Teen Titans Go, and no one likes that shit. Yeah, that needs to except die. Except for like the twenty people out there that probably do. Um, I wouldn't even put it that high. I, they get ratings somehow, man. They're keeping that shit because of ratings, and that's saddening to the me. The sad part is, like, I've I've watched a few episodes. It's actually, you know, I hate it. It sends it sends a decent message to younger kids. That's fair. It just it's because, not the right representation of yeah, that group. The, well, the original Teen Titans, like the one before that, was super dark. It was so cool, though. <laughs> it was cool, but it was perfect time, for like the twelve to seventeen year olds. Yeah, and I, not I still the thought it sent seven to messages. twelve. It's capability. Oh to yeah, into the dark and then brevity bring it back to the brevity light. back out. But That's I think the part because it ends around that that era with Slade and Robin Love because that. Robin is the being, X. Yeah, because well, we got Red X and then Red after X. that he became back to Robin and a thief became Red X. It went on for four seasons, I think, and then was finally shut down. We even got into like the Hive stuff with like Cyborg becoming that dark, cool. and we got Brother Blood going from a magician character to a tech yeah. character. Yeah, we got. I remember we had uh, the minus and plus the the two speedsters that when they touched it oh, when they yeah. got super speed, the Spanish twins. Got that was uh, we actually got like actual Aqualad Aqualad. Was cool actually because that was yeah. that was the the oh, Garth version cool. I know not Garth yeah Garth version of Aqualad not yeah. the uh, the other one that they used for Young Justice but oh, God those series both of them combined are amazing um, so I finished that um, I'm on the last two episodes of Arrow season three and I gotta say like for everyone hating on season, Arrow season three like the second half especially like it's actually not bad at all like. I see other people's complaints. They're not entirely invalid or anything like that. And I mean, they have, they come from somewhere and I get, if you've been watching like the whole series across weeks and weeks, it gets annoying, especially with the amount of times Felicity makes me want to strangle her. But the overall arc satisfying, super satisfying. It gets right into that like dark zone where you actually go, man. Yeah. Ra's al Ghul really gave Oliver zero opportunity to choose any other option. He has to go that route. And like, I understand people's complaints and I'm sure I'll wind up getting frustrated by the last episode because it's got to turn back into arrow specifically green arrow after this dark period. But the, the path to that dark period is such a well-written arc. I'm just afraid that like with only two episodes left and we have to get back to that point. It's like, fuck, it's going to be a deus ex mockumentum. We're just like, Oh, it's fixed. I don't know what happened. Like magic. Who knows? Hope so. so yeah, I don't know. But, uh, the other thing I've been doing a lot of this week is uh, I finished Dragon Ball Z Universe storyline. Uh, downloaded all the DLC. So I'm going to try that out at some point. 
been pretty fun. Like Super I was, Saiyan 3? Still not a thing for my character. No, I, I, is it unlocked with the DLC? Because in the no, initial release, yeah. it's not available. Yeah, it's still not yet. Yeah, I'm, I'll, the only one I'm curious of is if I'll unlock uh, SSG, Super Saiyan God with blue hair, because that's technically just a blue filter instead of a yellow filter. So I think that one's plausible. I understand with, with 3, you don't want to animate the whole, like, having a hair, grow hair. Like, that would be kind of weird without choosing, like, because each character kind of has a different hair growth when they get long hair. No. To a degree, because uh, Kakarot keeps his uh, little front lock things hanging down. Meanwhile, uh, Gotenks get his, gets his all going back. Same with uh, Vegeta when he does it. They wind up having those looks, but it's like one of those things where to take your hair from like whatever you chose in the beginning and then choosing what's the model for it to grow. Just choose the same model, leave the front. Yeah, that would be the the easiest one, but they haven't done it. It's one of those things where the developers haven't done it, and so it's not... They should, though. They should. I agree. Because the the only other thing that it does is it changes your facial features, where the other Super Saiyan Mm -hmm. modes do not. Other than, you know, like... Yeah, it gets gets a little bit more gaunt in the cheeks and a little more aggressive. The the heavy brow. The heavy brow and... And the face is more... Yeah, just all around more aggressive. Yeah, aggressive um, looking. I also... We don't unlock uh, SS4 either. We don't get the uh, turn into a monkey. No, and they, did, they don't include GT stuff unless it's like it's specific It's the first characters. two DLCs have GT. And oh, they, they do? Yeah, the oh, first okay. two DLCs are just GT content. Oh, and then see. the third one's Resurrection of F where it includes the SSG stuff. Ooh. And uh, God Mode Goku where he's red-haired as well is included Battle in that. Battle of the Gods. Yeah, all that stuff is all included in there. So it's one of those things where it's like, I get why we can't as a character. I understand why you didn't do that. That's a lot of work. Now it would have taken even more time. Sure, whatever. But as a fan, I'm very much displeased with the fact that I can't go SS3 or 4 or God at this point. I might be able to go God. I need to do some more research on that one. Because that would make sense into a degree. Because if you can go blue instead of yellow, that's the only difference. And the power level. Well, obviously, like the power level yeah. is pretty substantial. Yeah, but you know, I feel like, I feel like they're not going to do that just because, in the shows and everything like that, like it's just go, Goku and Vegeta. Well, not even just that. Day. Whenever you go God, like mm-hmm. you're supposed to basically be able to incinerate everybody but the strongest enemies. Yeah. So, like, say you're going against a Cyberman, you should be able to go God and just punch him in the face and he explodes. Well, that's the thing is like it's <laughs> it's pretty much that bad. Like I went back to some of those earlier PQs. Like the one that you farm uh, Dragon Balls on is the, like the third PQ. You smash uh, Yamcha, Tien, and uh, Krillin, and then a Vegeta. a uh, no, not not yet. Like with that one, it's just those three. And then um, if you do it fast enough, like under twenty five seconds, more often than not, a uh, other time adventurer person will show up at the doorway to Kami's uh, tower place. And if you beat him down in under 10 seconds, you'll get a key item. And that key item is always one of the Dragon Balls. So if you can farm out, like I did that once and I got the, uh, I, I got Shenron to show up. I got a new ultimate attack. It was pretty cool. But that's the level you have to go do it on is like level three for parallel quests. And you're just like, God damn it. I'm tired of running this thing like 20 times to knock this out. It's grindy. It is super grindy. But I finally beat that one. And then the other thing I've been up to is that uh, on Android, we got the uh, Fallout uh, Shelter app and so i've been doing that and that thing's pretty damn addictive it's so annoying oh it is it's like it's 50 50 like annoying cool it's cool but it gets it's it's so so luck driven it's so luck driven like Like, 
I can't keep my people fed. They don't have enough water. See, I had that problem. Like I was going to say is like I, I did three vaults. I have all three vaults right now. Um, my first vault was the one that was just stuck at like 10% happiness. Like everyone had radiation poisoning. Like yeah. I was like, fuck, I'm going to have to just restart this vault at this point. But then yesterday I really just hammered onto it, stayed focused, really rebuilt my vault to work more functionally. And now it's stuck above 90 per, 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 permanently. And I have no problems. My second vault, I made the Vault of Hell. Vault 666. I'm pretty sure everyone at this point has made a Vault 666. Though. I'm actually nine and three quarters. <laughs> That's good. I like that. I like that one. That's, that was witty. Good. Um, but that one has been doing pretty well. It's fluctuating up and down right now. But it's been staying pretty consistently high. And then the third one I did just got dumb luck across the board. It has just stayed permanently high the whole time. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, Yeah, I... I got eulogy Jones, man. I got yeah, you did just I like got, Cody. I gotta keep him out of, out of the bedrooms, <laughs> like, <laughs> right? He, like, he just breeds like a fucking yeah, within a day, rodent. I had like four new people that had grown. I'm like, oh god, no! Like I can't feed all these people. Why can't I just send you out to die? <laughs> go to the go to the go go go. Just leave, leave. Gone to the wasteland. I think I've got only one. Yeah, I've, I think I've only gotten one uh, special character. I'm trying to pull it up real quick right now. But it's, uh, I want to say it's Colonel Autumn or something like that. Um, yeah. He's really cool. I like him. He gets shit done all over the vault. He helped me unlock. Oh, I'm in the wrong vault. I know which one it is. Um, he helped me unlock. On one of my vaults, I'm all the way up to the, the weight room finally. So I'm building strength, which that took a while. But then the others, I'm just like stuck in the teens of people. I'm like, fuck. Like, until people show up, I'm not going to have anything to do. So I finally got, you know, a way to build a right away and it's Yeah, it's it's not bad. But like I was telling you, uh, you before we uh, started recording, um, it's making me want to go back and play uh, Bioshock a lot. And then I kind of now want to try New Vegas, Vegas uh, because that was one that I never gave a chance after Fallout 3 kind of lost me after the initial tutorial level. (laughs) So it's one of those things where now I'm kind of like, fuck, do I want to go back now? I think I might want to go back. I don't know if I have time to go back. Maybe I'll just buy four and call it good. I think that's actually where I'm at, is I'll probably yeah, just buy four. That's probably what I'll do, too. Um, but, yeah, it is interesting considering how lost I was on the franchise before this, and the app totally actually kind of reeled me in a little bit more. Like, I'm actually intrigued. Yeah. But, yeah, that's about it. So I think with that, we'll take a break. We'll get some lunch, and we'll be back with the nerdly news. <laughs> 